the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You may have detected, if you've listened to the Bruce Woolley Show very long, that I don't like being lied to. Because, first of all, I want to make my decisions based upon truthful information. That's one reason I don't enjoy being lied to. Another reason I don't enjoy being lied to is because I find it condescending. Because when someone lies to me, they are assuming that I am not smart enough to determine that they are lying. So the longer the Columbus teacher strike goes and the more I hear from the teachers and their perspective on why they are striking for the first time since 1975, uh, the more skeptical I am of the rationale given by teachers for why they are striking. Let me just say right up front that some of their demands I think are reasonable. They should work in air-conditioned buildings for their own comfort and for that of the students. But pretty much everything else, particularly in light of the way it's being framed by the teachers' union, I find to be disingenuous at best and outright lies at worst. The most oft-stated justification for the Columbus Education Association and its 4,500 employees being on strike is because they are striking to give the kids what the kids deserve. That's what they say. We're doing it for the kids. The kids deserve... Fill in the blank. Smaller class sizes, uh, art, music, and phys ed teachers at the elementary level. It's all about, according to the teachers, their deep desire to get back in the classroom and do what's best for the kids. That's what they will tell you. And so because my meter, I have a two-letter um description of said meter, but I won't give it to you. Maybe you can guess what my two-letter description of my meter is. Uh, My meter is going off when I hear the teachers say that they are doing what they're doing for the kids and that they really want to, deepest down in their heart's desire, want to get back in the classroom. Because my response to that is, then go. Everything you say you want, your primary motivation do what's best for the kids, and get back in the classroom, is possible while your union negotiates with the Board of Education for all the things that you want. It is possible. There are many, many collective bargaining endeavors that proceed past the point of a contract's expiration. And then when an agreement is reached, the Upgrades in pay are loaded in, backfilled, added into whatever 
you missed from the time the contract goes into effect retroactively. That is very possible. You can do what's best for the students. And I think one of the beauties of the pandemic is that we all agree that virtual online learning is ineffective and vastly inferior to personalized classroom instruction. It's it's, it's one of the few things that I could agree on with the uh, lying fool that is Randy Weingarten, head of the American Federation of Teachers, head of the OEA, uh, Scott DeMauro, although Scott's not as big a fool as Randy Weingarten, but then again, no one is. I can agree with the teachers' union people. I can I can agree with Regina Fuentes here in Columbus. I can agree with all of them because they all, I think, would agree that classroom personalized instruction is better. They've gone off the deep end on a lot of things. Boys playing girls' sports when they pretend to be girls. Lots of things where they're detached from reality. Spending lots and lots of money on windows, heat pumps, and the like. Saves you money in the long term. They would agree with that. I wouldn't. But we can agree that classroom personalized instruction is best. And so if you agree it's best, and I agree it's best, and you say, man, there's no place on earth I'd rather be than back in the classroom in front of my kids, then go. Then go back in. You don't have to give up your demands. You can bargain with the Columbus, you can bargain with the Board of Education while you're back in the classroom. And now I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say because it's what everybody says who stages a strike. But if I go back, then the incentive that the Board of Education has to settle with me to yield to my demands, well, that will be reduced. I will lose my what, kids? Fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Lose your leverage, right? You'll lose your leverage. Now, what does the term your leverage tell us really tell us truthfully tell us authentically tell us if the reason why the teachers won't go back in the classroom when they say i really want to be back in the classroom i really want to do what's best for the kids what's best for the kids personalized classroom instruction okay on that we agree so if you want to do that go back in the classroom and they say i'll lose my leverage my leverage So if your item you most staunchly protect, cherish, and prize is my leverage, what does that tell me about your true priorities? They're you-centered, not student-centered. They're you-centered, not student-centered. And I'm okay with that if you just admit it. Because again, back to the beginning of the show, I don't like being lied to. I don't like being lied to, and I don't like being condescended to. You tell me you'd rather be back in the classroom. You tell me that's what's best for the kids, and I I take you at your word. But then when you say, ah, my leverage, mm, then I go, okay, so what you really care about is your leverage. That's what you prize most because that's what's keeping you out of the classroom. Here's Kimberly Weber. She's a Columbus City School teacher. She's writing her reasons for being on strike. On the opinion pages of the Columbus Dispatch, she says, I should be walking into my building, preparing my room for my 21st year of teaching. I should be moving tables, shelving books, making copies, trying to figure out how I'm going to get to know and connect with my students as quickly as possible so we can start building that community I love so much in our room. That's what 
I want. It's why I'm teaching still for my students. Anyone who knows me knows exactly where my heart and head are when it comes to my kids. Well, I don't know you, Kimberly, and I do know exactly where your head and heart are. They're occupied, obsessed with your leverage. It's irrefutable. If you want to go back in, and I want you to go back in, and the Board of Education wants you to go back in, and you say it's best for the students, and I agree with you it's best for the students, and the board agrees with you that it's best for the students, then go back in. We're all in agreement, right? We're in agreement. Why you want to go? Then go. No, I can't. Why not? My leverage. Okay, then. That's what's most important to you. Just admit it. Just admit it. Don't lie. And I'm not a parent of a Columbus City School student, so your lies to me aren't really nearly as consequential as your lies to the parents of Columbus City School students. You're not even going to try going back in. You could go back in and tell the Board of Education, you got until, pick a date, pick a date. You got till October 15th. You got till October 1st. You got to whatever. This would be what is called as a good faith measure on your part to go back in to start the school year. You know, it would actually exert tremendous pressure on the Board of Education to give parents that one thing we've all been missing since the other guy who's at the top of the news today, Dr. Anthony Fauci, became the unelected dictator of America. And I'm talking about that word we all have hoped for for almost two years. Normal. That's what I'm hoping for. Normal. No masks, no vaccines. I'm walking down the, uh, no, I'm walking, I'm driving to work today. I drop my children off at school. I pay for them to go to a private Christian school. And I'm dropping them off and I'm coming back to the station and our station is located north of 23 and 270. And I'm looking along High Street, Route 23, busy business thoroughfare, one of the six lanes wide. Businesses everywhere, lots and lots of concrete. No pedestrians except for one. One pedestrian, a, by all accounts, very healthy-looking, kind of a muscular young man. He's in shorts and a T-shirt, backpack. I don't know if he's on his way to school, work, whatever. Wearing a mask. Wearing a mask. He's outside. I looked around. I looked around. I'm sitting at the traffic light, Lazelle Road and 23. I could not find another human being in the field of vision in every direction, northeast, west, and south. I'm looking. Not another human being could I see who was not ensconced inside their automobile or truck. This guy, breathing the beautiful, fresh air of Columbus, Ohio, wearing a mask. Wearing a mask. That's the legacy of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Fear. Fear is the legacy of Dr. Anthony Fauci. And that is part of the leverage of Columbus teachers. Fear. Fear of parents that their kids are going to fall further behind in school. And that's why some dopey parents won't even let their kids log on to Zoom school tomorrow because it's like crossing a virtual picket line. So the lies are getting through. You know, it's interesting to me, I just gave you the story of the young man walking up the street on North High Street wearing a mask on a beautiful day, 
depriving himself of the beautiful clean air out there. And it's it's utterly <laughs> I don't even know what the word is. It's maddening. It's utterly maddening the degree to which people go to justify the generalization that if you're a healthy male, and he appeared to be a healthy male, Anthony Fauci and Deborah Burks and Francis Collins and Rochelle Walensky and virtually every public health organization out there has cultivated a culture of fear in our society. That's the observation. That this young man, for whatever reason, feels like he has to wear a mask on a beautiful late summer fall day. And I got a post from a person by the name of Chris Davey, who is uh, tied to, in some way, shape, or form, uh, one of our Supreme Court justices. And he says, you know, he might have a highly compromised immune system. He might have just tested positive and doesn't want you to get it. You don't know anything about his journey as a human being. That's right. You know why? That's uh, not at all addressing the point I made, because the point I made was about Anthony Fauci. And Anthony Fauci's legacy is a legacy of fear and misinformation. I made no comment about the young man, Chris Davey. And it's scary that somebody like you, who works in the quote-unquote legal profession, would extrapolate from the factual statement that I made that Anthony Fauci has extrapolated a culture of fear and misappropriate that and misapply it to me saying something about the young man, which I did not, which I did not. So people who misapply facts and people who lie and people who are accusatory with no basis for their accusations don't exclusively vote Democratic and aren't exclusively uh, members of a union that lies to you in justifying things like the Columbus teachers' strike. Now, as I said before the break, there are parents who are saying that they will not have their kids log on tomorrow to virtual school because to do so would be to cross a virtual picket line. They feel like it is disloyal to the teachers, for instance. If the Columbus Board of Education were able to hire enough substitute teachers to populate the classrooms, of the buildings that will be shuttered because the teachers are on strike, you would have to physically cross a picket line to attend school. And a lot of people have a visceral distaste for crossing an actual picket line. They feel like it's disloyal to the teachers, whatever. But to have kids log on and get instruction in whatever topics they're instructed in, they view, some parents do, that is a demonstration of the same disloyalty to teachers. And it's surprising to me, I will just say it is surprising to me, that there are a number of parents, well, I guess I can't say it's surprising to me because people's degree of sophistication is not always at the level that it needs to be. Because if you're believing this public relations spin of the teachers that we're striking because we're doing it for the students, We'd really rather be in the classroom, but we're just doing it. We, we have to do this for the students. If you're buying that, then I'm not surprised that you would lack the sophistication to understand that getting your child back in some kind of a routine, some semblance of a routine, having them learn in some way, shape, or form is preferable to having them not learn at all. 
Zoom school is a very, very poor substitute. We should have never gotten into that. Although, you know, in hindsight, I can't say I'm 100% sorry that we did. Because without Zoom school, without quote-unquote virtual learning, how many of us would have remained in the dark to the existence of the transgender unicorn, the transgender hippo? How many of us would have remained unaware that, wait a second, what are they teaching you? What? This is what? American history? Uh, No, no, Thomas Jefferson was not a bad guy. No, Abraham Lincoln was not a bad guy. No, we we got a window into what was really being taught to our students in the public schools. And for that reason, I think most people thought, yikes, this is not what I want my students' public school experience to be, and this is not what any public school experience should be. And so parents got involved. We saw Glenn Youngkin elected governor in Virginia, and we are going to see, I think, the Republicans take over the House of Representatives, hopefully the Senate too, because Democrats aren't going to run from their allegiance to unions because that's propping up their political party financially, whether it's teachers' unions like the American Federation of Teachers or whether it's unions like... uh, this SEIU, the you know people who are working at hotels and the service industry, or whether it's electricians or plumbers or whatever, the unions support the Democratic Party. Because what? Because the Democratic Party is always advocating for union benefits, even when they're far in excess of what a company can afford. And just like good things resulted from the panicked, unwise move of taking learning online amid the pandemic. Good things can happen in the midst of a Columbus teacher strike now. Excel School Superintendent Jared Hawk tells WSYX Channel 6 here in Columbus. We have parents calling every second of the day right now, wanting to know how soon before we can get our child in. We are seeing more of an emphasis on kindergarten, first, and second grade. This is a wonderful thing. This is a wonderful thing. If we can get kindergarten, first, second, and third graders into charter schools without them ever entering or having barely stuck their toe in the water of the shark-infested public education ocean, so much the better. So much the better. Homeschooling is growing. Charter schools are growing. Private schools are growing. And here's the thing. It's inarguable to me that the reason why teachers unions and Democratic politicians oppose things like the backpack bill, school choice, whether it's in Arizona, whether it's in Missouri, whether it's in Ohio, at whatever stage it is in its journey through the legislature into becoming a law, it is opposed by teachers unions and it is opposed by Democratic politicians. Why? Why? Because they know that if parents and their students get a taste of a charter school or a private school, not just the education, but the community, the discipline, all those things that are more in evidence in charter schools, private schools, and Christian schools, they'll never go back to the public schools. So if you lose the battle, maybe you ought to ask yourself why. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.